Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome back to Sports Talk as we get rolling. It is the fourth day of February. That's right, February 4th, 2022. Along with Adrian Broadus, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. Hey, we've got uh, three hours with you here on a Friday. Three big hours to talk a little sports at 880-5763, our telephone number. Connect to us on Twitter at 600 ESPN El Paso. Also, 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app powered by United Bank. You can listen to the show in real time and chat with us while you're listening. It's one of my favorite features of the app. So you can be a part of the program that way. So no matter what, hey, we got you covered here on a Friday. Have you covered? And obviously there's a lot to cover a lot to talk about on the show today. Um, you just heard about all the NBA news. Yeah, that's interesting. That um, that Clippers trade um, with the Blazers was definitely interesting. I mean, probably the biggest takeaway is Norman Powell goes to Los Angeles. And, you know, you really think about it. Uh, Powell is a 28-year-old in this prime of his career, and he's averaging almost 19 a game. So that's a that's a big move. Big big move. And they also get Robert Covington. They trade away Eric Bledsoe who'd been rumored before, Justice Winslow has been rumored before, Keon Johnson in the second rounder. So, you know, you, you look at the NBA right now and the deadline's about a week away and everybody's jockeying for position and clearly the Clippers need something to jump start their season. They're 27 and 27, which is what happens when Kawhi doesn't play the whole year. That's kind of the thing. And Portland on the flip side is 21 and 31. So these are two teams that are underperforming Adrian. And when it comes down to two teams, not playing well, you trade away a bunch of pieces and you hope that maybe a change of scenery can do these guys some good. Yeah, I'm real shocked about this trade, Steve. I, I'm not shocked that the Clippers made a move because there were a lot of uh, signals that showed that they would be either buyers or sellers at the deadline. But this move almost in, uh, seriously indicates that the time for Damian Lillard in Portland could be coming to an end. They might be preparing for a complete rebuild. And those are the two uh, complementary pieces around Damian Lillard. In Norman Powell and Robert Covington this year, they've seen 21-year-old Anthony Simons have a stellar year for the Trailblazers. So they're going to continue with him as their young player. Now the Clippers get two nice pieces alongside Kawhi, who could be coming back this year if he's able to rehab from his ACL. And Paul George has been out for an extended period with a serious elbow injury. So if they get both their superstars back and they have Powell and Covington, the Clippers could make a, a run in the playoffs, uh, but first they need to kind of get their season back on track. I wonder if the Knicks can make a serious play, um, and, and uh, you know, who knows? Maybe they offer Kemba Walker, Cam Reddish, who's not even getting off the bench, Obi Toppin, and, and a big package, and they're the ones that get uh, Damian Lillard. They were rumored a year ago to be wanting him, so it's clearly obvious that Kemba Walker is not the answer in New York. I mean, the the stats have been all right when he plays, but they're not winning with him, that's for sure, and uh, this has been a real down season for the Knicks. They've been awful, so maybe it's a reset for them, too, and maybe now that they've acquired some good young pieces, they could package a bunch of those guys in a possible trade and go out and get themselves a Damian Lillard. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I, I also want to uh, make things clear. With Damian Lillard, what they will be doing is uh, working with him to find a trade destination if that's what he wants down the line. If he wants to leave uh, Portland, uh, which a lot of uh, signals are pointing that way, maybe he ends up uh, saying that he would like to go and, and play at MSG and play at the Garden and, and help the Knicks try to uh, push in the playoffs like they did last year. This year, it's been a struggle for New York. They've definitely gone through a slump. So not sure if we're going to see New York really shine uh, this year and and uh, make some moves at the deadline. If they don't do that, Steve, if they don't go aggressively for Damian Lillard, I would also look at uh, the Knicks as being big-time sellers to get off some of their bigger contracts. I could see that. And then meanwhile, the Nets have been a colossal disappointment because they're 29-22. and 22, And given the talent that that roster has to lose six in a row, and now you got all the infighting with Harden. Uh, I mean, listen, it was just a matter of time before this team imploded. Let's be honest. I mean, they thought they were getting all the big names together. They believed that Kemba, you know, that um, you get uh, Durant, you get Harden, and then uh, you also have Kyrie. You thought those would be the big three that could get Brooklyn uh, to the NBA Finals. Anything but. They've been injured. They don't get along. There's There's so many problems right now. And truth is, the Nets are a bigger disappointment than the Knicks because unlike the Knicks, the Nets have the superstars. They have the big three. One didn't want to get his COVID vaccine, so he's only played in select road games this year. Other ones have been hurt and uh, not getting along, too, with the egos, and I'm not surprised. I am not surprised one bit. So, you know, I mean, think about it. Harden and Durant had a very short-lived period out in OKC, and now same kind of thing in Brooklyn. I would describe James Harden as a ball-dominant guard who loves the ball, does not like to pass, wants to control the game at his own pace. And then when you just look at his head coach and Steve Nash, the complete opposite, Steve. He never played like that as a point guard. He was always a share-first point guard. The biggest knock against Nash, if you had any, was he didn't shoot enough at times because he was was such a great facilitator, wanted to get everybody involved, and they're just complete opposites. And, And I think that's one of the reasons why things haven't worked out in Brooklyn. James Harden wants the ball all the time, but Steve Nash is trying to instill an offense that has everybody share the ball. So now they're at this crossroads where Harden could essentially leave in the offseason or they could get the most out of him right now, maximize the value, and trade him. Maybe it's to Philly. That would be a real interesting move. Who would Philly send back to Brooklyn? It would be Seth Curry, Tyrese Maxey, and Matisse Thybul along with a ton of picks. And I, I think that's a tough loss if you're Philly because oh. that's all your role players right there. Seth Curry's their second best player. Uh, Maxie's their young star and Matisse Thibel is uh, considered one of the best perimeter defenders, if not the best perimeter defender in the league. So do you really that's want a to tough go, loss. But do you want to go down that rabbit hole right now if you're Philadelphia? I mean, it almost reminds me of teams that were looking to try to add Russell Westbrook, okay? Guys that have reputations for doing one thing and one thing only, and if you are not willing to just play that game why waste the time if you ask me and you want to know something he's he's he's, he'll get his points wherever he goes philadelphia he's in brooklyn no matter what but with that comes disrupting a flow an offense of what you built and right now the sixers are 31 and 20 um they're first in the atlantic division 
But that might not last if you get rid of some of those pieces and you bring in Harden. And and it will even be good enough to get past the Bulls in the heat. Who knows? Yeah, and the biggest reason why Philly does want to trade for James Harden is the Daryl Morey, James Harden connection. That's the only reason right there. And they want to capitalize on the prime years of Joel Embiid. So they're kind of looking at the playoffs thinking, well, if you win in the playoffs, you're probably the team with with more of the stars. So I think they're just kind of taking the stars approach. Put James Harden and Joel Embiid on the same team. Steve, no one has realized that those two guys might not even get along when it's all said and done. I'm hearing you on that one. Who'd you say they're going to trade? They're going to trade Curry? Curry, Tyrese Maxey, and then Matisse Thibel. And I like all three of those players. Those players are, are really good uh, pieces for this Philly team. Thibel is the least of the three as far as a score goes. Uh, and then you also have to wonder, I mean, you, you still have Tobias Harris, who actually is a really nice piece on that team also at the power forward spot. So you keep Tyrese, uh, Tobias Harris, you got Joel Embiid, you've got Harden. There is kind of your big three, so to speak. And uh, yeah, we'll see uh, We'll see if that ends up happening. Yeah, so. the big, the biggest problem also, Steve, with all this, uh, they have to unload Tobias Harris at some point. Philly does. And they have to unload Ben Simmons. He's disgruntled, hasn't joined the team all year. Maybe this is the fi- uh, finally the way that they could do it. We've also seen well. some potential trades uh, floating around between the Hawks and the, the 76ers surrounding Ben Simmons. So let's see if that happens, too. Could you see Simmons going to Brooklyn in a possible deal involving Harden? I could. I yeah. And I don't think it would and be the greatest trade out there. I don't know, though. Simmons's game is more conducive to Nash than Harden. Because if we looked at Simmons, he is a distributor and a facilitator. Doesn't shoot the ball particularly well, especially from the line. But that's not really his strong point. So maybe that is something that Nash feels he can work with. Who knows? Who yeah. knows? And and Nash is also a very positive guy. So maybe he can try to get uh, Ben Simmons out of this mental funk. So maybe pairing those two would be good. Uh, I, I look at the Atlanta fit, and I think that could be a, a nice one for Ben Simmons, uh, playing with somebody like Trey Young, who loves to shoot the ball. I like the fact that we're leading today's show off with the NBA. That never happens. Ever. Ever. So, I mean, why not? A couple of big trades, good rumors, things going on. I love the fact that Harden now is there's infighting. I'm enjoying that. I like that. I mean, as a Knicks fan, I want to see the Brooklyn Nets uh, basically tear it apart and, and rip each other to shreds. So that's all right. That seems like that's, you know, every Knicks fan's dream, and that's happening right now. So uh, I don't know. I like the deal. I like Powell going to the, to, uh, the Clippers, and you're right. Um, you know, Covington as well. So it is kind of interesting to see the two directions that the Clippers and Blazers are going in right now. Maybe this is the kind of trade that really helps the Clippers out as they try to uh, jockey for some position. I like the pieces that they put around their two stars. I, I love Terrence Mann, who's the younger player on their team. They got a, they got rid of all their bad talent. Like, I didn't like Eric Bledsoe. I didn't like Justice Winslow. This was kind of one of those where Portland is getting nothing back. Those guys are all, ex, you know, close to expiring deals. They'll, they'll come off their payroll. And then for uh, the Clippers, they get some immediate help right here around their two stars. I'm telling you. I agree with you on that one. All right. Uh, women were victorious last night, talking UTEP. They got back on track. That was important. Aggie men won in front of 4,300 fans. That's important because they went from 12,300 fans to like 4,400 fans from game to game. And I get it. One was the whiteout and it was the sellout, uh, you know, pack the Pan Am. The other was just Cal Baptist. But I'm sorry. When you essentially lose 
two-thirds of your crowd from Saturday in the biggest game they had of the year to a Thursday night game in which nobody showed up, you really do wonder how much the university's uh, brilliant idea of eliminating uh, concessions at these games, what kind of an effect that took on the team. I don't know about what the student section was like yesterday. I didn't see that. But clearly, from the from just a group of paid admission, uh, it was not good at all. So, again, giant step forward on Saturday, huge step backwards as far as attendance goes to Pan Am last night. Yeah, and we heard the news today from KBIA that at the game there were 21 total mass violations. According to NMSU, four people left the arena on their own and the rest put on their masks, except for that one lady who was arrested yesterday. Can you imagine that a woman shows up to the game and gets arrested? This sounded bad. I mean, it sounded like Jesus. she just kept refusing it left and right. It, they asked her nicely. They asked her to leave, and but she wouldn't do it. But here's my question, okay? You saw the letter from Arvizu that came out earlier this week. He mapped out exactly what was going to happen. Why, then, do you show up unmasked, refusing to do it, if you know exactly what's going to happen, were you testing them? Did you think that you were going to be the exception to the rule? I mean, honestly, the school said specifically what they were going to have in place. They mapped it out. And if a fan shows up and just couldn't care less, then guess what? They get what they deserve. Honestly. And the mask thing, hey, if you don't want to wear the mask, stay home. Stay home. Nobody's forcing you to go to the games. Nobody. Right. And this this one seemed like it was just a lot of drama for not a lot of uh, nothing really coming out of it. Jeez. It was disappointing to see this thing and, and to see the video of her being dragged out. It was like, oh, man. Oh, my God. All right. Anyway, so that's, we'll talk about that today on the show. Believe me. But coming up next, you got it. The Foss. Steve Foster live from the Pro Bowl via Zoom. It doesn't get any better than that, folks. I can't wait to see the Foss in a few moments. So he'll join us live. And coming up a little bit later, Tough Hedeman, 5 o'clock hour on the phone lines. Excited about having Tough with us. And then Dion Hankins in our Lubingo studios at 6. We are packed full of uh, surprises and fun here on a Friday. Let's get right to Charlie 1. Find out how traffic's going as we get ready for the weekend. Charlie. Welcome back, everybody, as we continue here on Sports Talk. Along with Adrian Broadus, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. And right now, we are about to say hello to a man who is hanging out out uh, in Vegas at the Pro Bowl. That is right. In fact, I can't wait to see our man, Steve Foster, the Foss, who uh, is uh, on location today with us because he is actually out representing 600 ESPN El Paso out there uh, in Vegas at the Pro Bowl. And remember, the last time the Foss did something for us was back um, when he was, I guess, uh, in Canton for the Hall of Fame game. And we had him out there for the Hall of Fame ceremonies. He was excited. Now the man is smiling. 
His cell connection looks awful, so let's see how, how this is going to work. This is always exciting when we really have no idea because all I see is there he is, like his smiley face, but it's kind of frozen a little bit. But let's be honest, Adrian, if you're going to see something fun, Foss smiling is probably the greatest screenshot you're going to get, right? Garrett, that would be the only thing that could be better than this right here. All right, I agree with that. I agree, but that's not happening either. So let's come welcome, on, man. Let's welcome. There he is, the Foss, Steve Foster, joining us from Las Vegas in the Pro Bowl, uh, covering this one for us. Six hundred ESPN El Paso. Uh, welcome back. I can't believe you actually wanted to cover this. I was when you told me you wanted to get credentialed, that into a double take and say, "Why it's the Pro Bowl?" But hey, uh, you you're excited about being in Vegas for this, aren't you? Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's like this was like the friends and family part of the homage. Okay, so parents, sister, all that in Vegas on the way to L.A. So it just made sense. Uh Plus, one of my one of my good good friends who left ESPN Central Texas is now the man out here running the show as the program director, my bike, my guy Q Myers. So I got to see him. And okay. so, and listen, great stuff. Talked to Micah Parsons, uh, caught up with Miles Garrett, uh, the Kyler Murray, you know, the Texas guys were out. George Kittle laughed at me because I had the uh, Kittle saw the Nebraska. He saw the end and he, and he goes, oh, Nebraska. He says, he says, I love it. He says, we beat you. Uh, in the Big Ten, like every year, and I said, I said, George, when I was there as a GA, we were winning championships and and and, and national championships, and I had to show him the Big yeah. Eight, and uh, he goes, he said, okay, okay, all right, no problem. So it's it's been interesting. They're having it at the Las Vegas ballpark, which is a kind of like the AAA, like what we would see for the Diablos. So it's very you know, small venue and you can have the fans right around there. People are, have been going uh, pretty, pretty, pretty crazy because they can have the interaction and get the autographs from the players. What is this? Uh, 2012 with you. It's the Chihuahuas, not the Diablos, the Diablos, uh, you know, it's uh, that, that's, that's the thing of the past. It's not the, chi- the, yeah. chi- the, chi- the Chihuahuas. And, and, and yeah. the reason why I said that is because when I had a conversation with you earlier, your Sandlot team reminded me of the Diablos. And so I went back to our earlier conversation mm. today. That's, That's why I said that as opposed to the Chihuahuas. The, I got Cappy on the mind. Cappy on the brain. The Sandlot team are the Diablitos, and you that's, are. And, that's, yeah, that's, okay. and that's what I did. I got you. You can see how you set me up for that, Cappy, instead yes. of saying the Chihuahuas. What are, you, uh, what are you wearing? What shirt is that? Oh, this is my... Uh, uh, kind of my my Pro Bowl uh, cap. You know, everybody, they're, all the players are wearing kind of these warm-up deals with the caps. So caps, the K-A-P, right? That's what we're going to have here on this show. And so I had to get one to signify ah. the Pro Bowl 2022. So you're telling me that that wasn't a media gift from the NFL. That was Foss shelling out some of his uh, – Petty cash uh, in terms of making sure he uh, dressed appropriately. Right. Presentation is the key cap. It is. I cannot represent 600 ESPN El Paso or laying down the law from San Antonio Sports Star and not be appropriately yes. dressed with the proper accoutrement. 
How much do you drop every time you go to something big like this? Because it seems to me like you're hey, listen, always listen. You're always as little as money. possible. Yeah. As little as possible. You I know? know, the idea is to have a budget and yep. stay on budget. So you can't grab everything in the shop. You got to get something that's going to be meaningful, something you can wear. Right now, what I will do, and I say this right now to you and Adrian, because I love y'all. If there's something that I see out at the, I'll buy something for someone else. Okay, I absolutely will. I love being Santa Claus. I know it's the only usually in December, but it gets a carryover for for big time events. So you know, March Madness. I see something. You know, I I gotta bring it. Y'all are like my brothers or like first cousins. So you want to bring back something as a, as a gift to to those because we love sports. It's very nice. Uh, The Foss with us right now. Steve Foster here as we continue on the program. Um, So you've only been in town for a couple of days already, right? What, one or two days? But you're already going all the way through talking to players. And you tell me, from being around all the guys, does this game mean something to them? It's an opportunity for camaraderie from a long season played, honestly. Um it does mean something when they realize the difference in pay between winner and loser midway in the fourth quarter. <laughs> so there is a big difference in terms of well, what these guys uh, get as far as the winner's share and the loser's share. It, it, no, it, if it's five cents, they want the most that they can get. They're competitive athletes. So if, if, if that means taking home X plus as opposed to just X, yeah, they want the plus. Okay. Absolutely. I figured. The Foss with us here on Sports Talk as we continue. What about the guys that aren't playing in the game? I mean, you tell me Aaron Rodgers said he was afraid he was going to get further injured, so he opted out. Brady retires. Uh, he doesn't play. So instead, you know, you're, you're finding replacements. Guys like Kirk Cousins and, and uh, Russell Wilson coming into the lineups, replacing those guys. Does it bother you when those that get voted in do not opt to play in the game? No. No, come on. It's NFL football. Everybody likes to be around these guys. It's fun to see them. It's a relaxed atmosphere. And, you know, you can have the opportunity to interact in a different way. And it's great to see you. And I don't mind keeping the mask on, talking with these guys again within, you know, three feet. Foss, I want to ask you, uh, is there a player out there that you saw in person who may have looked a little bit bigger or smaller than they do on TV? Like somebody that just totally blew your mind when you saw them first. The the kick returner for the Bears, and I forget, um, man, he's small. Uh, Tyreek Hill is not a big guy either. I mean, but they can burn, you know? And then what – you don't recognize unless you're in the stadium is how tall Justin Herbert is and, and those quarterbacks and how tall and, you know, they can see over everybody, um, you know, and then you realize that 300 compact pounds is a lot different than if you think of a big 300 pound guy or a 280 pound guy, they're, they're compact. I mean, I'm 220, 225 and people don't, it doesn't look like, like, wow, that's, you know, you, you can fit it right where it, it just doesn't look big, but it's big and fast and extremely strong. And, and so to see those guys and be around them is just kind of like, yeah, yeah, they are highly skilled, fine-tuned uh, humans that get paid a lot of money. 
More with the Foss as we continue here on Sports Talk. But first, let's send it back right now to Adrian. Standing by with this bottom of the hour Sports Center update. All right, Adrian, thank you very much. We're back right now with the Foss. Steve Foster with us from Vegas and the site of the Pro Bowl as he's hanging out. And apparently, Foss, uh, you know, you not only you know got that shirt that you're currently wearing, but you picked up one of the hottest items of the Pro Bowl. Tell me about it. The Tom Brady shirt that it's like the practice shirt, you know, and literally was between a small and this one and they were gone. And I don't know if they were going to replace them. It wasn't like, you know, you couldn't get this, but I asked the question I asked was, well, could you get this if I went online? And, and the salespeople weren't sure. Now, maybe it was a ploy to sell more, mm-hmm. more merchandise on site. However, I thought it just made sense, man. If I could get a last TB12 uh, Pro Bowl top, you know, I was going to do it. And so um, it's, yeah, man. What size is it's that right thing? There. What size? 2X. Oh. 2X. So uh, it, give me some good room. Give me some good room. But, uh, you know, just to be able to have a, a TB12 uh, momentum. There you go. That's good. We can add that to the trophy good case. Good momentum. There right? you go. That's right. You can add that to the trophy case, especially since he's not there, which is even more interesting. Well, the, 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 the cool thing is you could, do, you could do a few things. You could wear it, and then somehow, some way, possibly, you catch up with TB12, mm-hmm. you get the auto, and then you put it in, the, you put it in your shadow box. You do not... Please, this is this is free, free legal here from laying down the law. Do not wear any. I, I, I it makes me cringe. You don't wear items that you get autographed by said players. Don't do that. That's not that's not the real apropos way to do it. You have to go get it framed. You know, people wear it around, and I, and I, I tell you, true story. Uh, Jason was the head coach of the Cowboys. Uh, bring one of my buddies. Um, it was his birthday. He was wearing a Jason Witten t-shirt top like like this Brady one. Mm-hmm. Jason Witten, great guy, signs it. I say, hey, Brian, you got to take it off now. You got to wear something. That's not wearable anymore. It's just been signed by Jason Witten himself. It, it's shadow box material. Can't go to the next Cowboys game wearing the autograph. That's, a, that, that's an amateur. That's an amateur move. The only thing that you can kind of get away with when you're talking about autos is the cap because you got to have the cap so that the next player can sign it. So did your buddy take off the shirt or did he uh, keep wearing it? Yeah, took it off. All right. That's cool. He was riding with me. I wasn't going to give him a ride if, if that effort went wasted. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. No, yeah, uh, what, other, what other uh, football activities do you have in Vegas right now between now and game time? So tomorrow we'll have more media availability. I'll have some more, uh, you know, opportunities for, you know, uh, some clips and some, some photos. So you know, getting a little six hundred on the weekend, a little bonus coverage. Foss, do you think the game format should be changed at all? Do you think we we should see a flag football game or just a different type of game altogether in the Pro Bowl since sometimes we question the effort? No, because it's kind of like 
you know, the all-star game in baseball and basketball, you know, basketball, what do they do? 160 to 165. You know, it's it's an all-star game. These guys realize, and I think the fans just like to see these particular players, even if it's not in the most competitive. Now, I will give a little insight here that I learned talking to Micah Parsons, who won, who won the fastest man uh, 40 yesterday, outraced Tyreek Hill, Diggs, and Nick Chubb. He says, and so this could be insight for all of our hometown folks, Micah Parsons says he's going full speed all out in this game. Wow. That doesn't happen. Nobody goes full speed all out unless you're a rookie and you don't care. Micah says he's going all out. Do you believe Let's it? Let's see how long it lasts. So when we see it, you've heard it here first on 600. How many Cowboys are at, are at how many Cowboys are at this game right now? How many are playing in the game? 6? All right. It's a good number. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think the the I think the, there's only one. I think the Colts had 7. And I got to talk to Darius Leonard. The reason why that was so interesting to me, and I'll post the picture as soon as we get done. I did Darius Leonard's games on ESPN Plus when he was at South Carolina State in Orangeburg, South Carolina. And he was like, oh, my God. I said, yeah. I said, you converted from a quarterback to a linebacker. You proposed to your wife on the field. I said, I covered it all. And he was just like, my man. Because <laughs> I had known – you know, I had done uh, the MEAC games, and uh, I had done two seasons of Darius Leonard. Knew he would uh, do do. I thought he would do very well in the NFL, and he's proven me right. That 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 didn't take a, a huge bastion of football knowledge, but it was great to see him for all those games right. to recognize talent. Now, after the Pro Bowl, you're going to be headed out to the Super Bowl, correct? Out in LA. Yeah. That's right. We, we don't stop. No, I know that. This is, uh, is this the greatest time of year for you because you get these two weeks of fun, whether it's the Pro Bowl? And then uh, you've always told me that you have more fun at the parties for the Super Bowl than the game itself. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I've been, listen, though. And full disclosure, I've been to two games. So I saw the Cowboys win Super Bowl 30, and I saw Tom Brady beat the Rams, which was in 2 in New Orleans at the Super Bowl. So I got to see this guy, and I got to see the Cowboys. So I, I got set up pretty well to see probably the two favorites. That The other, only other one would be the Raiders. And the reason being, because as a little kid in El Paso, Texas, was very fortunate to learn how to catch a football from now going into the Hall of Fame. Too late, though. Cliff Branch mm. over there on the east side of El Paso teaching your, your boy how to catch a football. And then he actually came back again and brought the running back Clarence Davis, who told me how to hold the football. Those were Super Bowl champions, uh, guys that were extraordinary kind to a little eight year old kid from El Paso, Texas. Are you going to be attending the Pro Bowl uh, Sunday afternoon, or will you already be driving out to uh, to California? No, we got it because it's going to be at noon here. Yes, so you're not. Yeah, I mean, might as well. Yes. Is this your first? Can we pick pro you up a program no. or something? No, 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 no. I don't. Okay. I don't. I don't. I don't need a program. Is this is this the first Pro Bowl you've ever attended? No, I attended the Pro Bowl in 
uh, University of Phoenix Stadium. It's not that anymore mm-hmm. uh, out in Glendale okay. when it was a back-to-back week out in Arizona. I got you. All right, so it'll be your second Pro Bowl that you've attended. By the way, uh, uh, Chad uh, texted into the program and said he was at a Chargers game years ago on a Sunday night, and some moron was walking around wearing a signed Warren Moon jersey. Yeah, see, no, that should have been in his house, in his collection. You don't don't do that. No. No, you don't. You don't do that. Chad, much love, Chad. You know how to do sports the right way. I'm giving something to Chad right there. When you did your hit with us from Canton, and we still have it on our YouTube channel, there were people walking past you that had signed jerseys at the time. Too bad you didn't see it because you could have started yelling and scolding them in the middle of your hit, which would have been amazing to watch on uh, on our YouTube channel. This This is something that you have to learn over time. Sometimes it's not best to chastise or chide someone for doing the improper thing. The most important thing was getting the information to our listeners on 600 ESPN El Paso and engaging with you, Cap. Okay. Like you can't save them all. You can't save them all anyway. You know? So you would not stop your live interview with us, look at somebody and say, what's wrong with you? Why isn't that jersey in a shadow box? It's signed. You, you, wouldn't, uh, you, you wouldn't start reprimanding somebody for doing the unthinkable during one of your segments. No, Texans don't do that. We're, we're hospitable. We're mannerly. And the important thing was the listeners on our station and you. So you. let's not lose sight of the goal in the big picture. Who's going to win on Sunday, AFC or NFC? I always love the AFC, but uh, with Micah Parsons and, and all the guys, Diggs, you know, it's cool because Stefan gets to go against his brother, and, and that'll be a fun one. And uh, I don't know. I've always gone AFC, uh, but if, if, you know, the guys on the Cowboys get a little extra scratch, that'd be cool too. Okay. Well, listen, you have a great time. Next week's going to be amazing. I'm looking forward to hearing from you uh, before the game um, in Southern California. And I know it's going to be tough because you're going to have parties every day, so you got to try to figure out what your schedule is going to be like. Oh, I kind of have it figured out. I kind of have it somewhat figured out. Um, uh, We've got, and and I'm not sure if the order is correct, Mike Mike Ditka has his Cigar and Stars party. Uh, Larry Centers has his party. Um, The NFL alumni has its party. And then, you know, uh, there's some folks that I know out there that are probably going to do some other things as well. The media party, I understand, is on Friday. But if that's on the same night as one of these three that I've mentioned, um, you know, media party is cool. But if you're in L.A., you know, oh, and on Tuesday, we're going to do the Wounded Warriors deal with Snoop. Oh, very we're nice. We're hanging out with Snoop, Snoop you, on Tuesday. Have you ever hung out with Snoop before? No, but I will be with the D.O. Double Dizzle um, in five days, Cappy. I'm a, uh, that one. So let's do this. Let's start talking on Wednesday. That, yes, because that'll be, that'll be a good first day of Radio Row. I'll be able to recap Snoop. And what goes on on the Wounded Warriors. And then we'll go Thursday, Friday. And then we'll just, you know, from there, whoever wins between the Bengals uh, and the Rams, so be it. 
If Snoop offers something to you, will you say yes, Snoop? Because you can't. It's just not polite to say no. Can you do that in California legally? Of course you can. You know what? I think I would do that with. I mean, if you're gonna do something with Snoop, I mean, he's probably who Method Man. <laughs> I mean, if, if it wasn't Snoop, Method Man would be a second. I can't think of anybody else. Who the would only be other, the only Snoop? other person would be on his level would be Willie Nelson. Yeah. So okay. So if Willie, if I went back, yes. So okay. those are the two Americans that I would say okay, because you can't beat that. No, you can't. You got to do that. Yeah, I, I I understand. That's like uh, you know that is like a, a bucket list of item for most people out there would be the yeah to, I would yeah the, I, I'm not that guy right. but for them I would yeah okay. and I'd probably go like I like a real. <laughs> oh my god all right, Happy, right if you're uh, gonna do one you can't just go you just can't go <laughs> that's not with snoop man it's snoop have a great time enjoy the weekend in vegas and uh, we'll catch up with you middle of next week all right foss y'all this is the greatest thing ever to be able to talk with y'all at my hometown on the planet. My hometown on the planet is El Paso, Texas. I can live anywhere in the world, but my hometown is El Paso. And to be able to do this in, 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 in El Paso warms my heart more than, more than you could ever know. So thank you for the opportunity. He's the Foss. Follow him on Twitter at uh, Foss underscore sports. That's at Foss underscore sports. And there he is holding up the Brady jersey. Good for you. Congratulations, Foss. I'm so happy for you. Oh, my God. All right. We'll come back. Wrap up hour one. Still a lot more ahead of us. Stay with us. Tough Heatman coming up about 15 minutes from now. His bull riding event in El Paso Saturday night. Sports Talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back. Start of hour number two here on Sports Talk, along with Adrian Broaddus, I'm Steve Kaplan. Let's hope to get Tuff Edeman on the show this hour. Uh, he is wrapping up an event right now at Cavenders at the Fountains as part of the appearances prior to his Tuff Edeman bull riding tour stop at the Coliseum tomorrow night. In fact, they've been at uh, Casa Ford uh, meeting the Cowboys and uh, they still have discount coupons available at Cavenders Western Outfitters at the Fountains while they last. So you can do that. And then uh, tomorrow's going to be a lot of fun. You got the free pre-party, the tailgate down from 5 to 7.30. Um, and then at 8 o'clock, Tough Edeman's bull riding will get started. And uh, afterwards, the after party at Whiskey Dick's on George Dieter. So a busy night of uh, fun and a busy night of bull riding, Adrian, because from 8 to 10 o'clock, it's going to be nonstop. Steve, I've been to one of these before, and it's so much fun. I'm not even kidding you. I have, I never, I didn't go uh, with any expectations, or I, I had no clue what to, uh, what I was getting myself into. I went, I've gone to some of these before, and they're so much fun. How did you end up going to this? What was the story behind it? It was, I had a group of friends who had extra tickets to this, and it was like, hey, you want to tag along and join? I was like, yeah, sure. I've never been to a bull, uh, bull riding kind of event like this. It was at the Coliseum at the time, and yeah, it was a fantastic event. It was a lot of fun everybody gets so into it that's one of the mm. things that uh, really blew me away is that everybody's so engaged in the sport and they ever everybody knows what's going on they do and and by the way it is very much like action-packed and from start to finish it's fast moving 
Yeah, and uh, everybody's got their cowboy hats, everybody's got their boots, their whitewashed jeans. It's a cool environment to be around if you've never done it. What did you like most about the event? Just how the crowd gets so into it? I actually love the the cowboy riders. Like I, I didn't realize how much of a sport that really was until I saw it. Like those cow, those uh, horses that go there, they're they're crazy. I mean they they go cr- they go super fast. They almost try to knock off those cowboys, but uh, the cowboys who ride uh, are are real experienced. I mean, I mean, some of the biggest bulls you're ever going to see. The, oh they, yeah, they are. I mean, sometimes when I talk about this event with uh, Tough, he talks about the bulls being the best athletes of the group. As good as the the riders are, the bulls are even better. That's that's real interesting. So the one that I went to had a mix. It had horses and bulls. And now that you say bulls, it just hit me. Yeah, of course they were there too. So uh, yeah, the the horses itself. I didn't realize that they had that much speed, that much. Uh, I, I guess like they would thrust those cowboys and riders off. But uh, yeah, the bulls were intense. You might have gone to like a CBR event. Yeah, I probably did. Yeah, years it was, ago. It was yeah five six years ago for sure. Yeah, that could have been the CBR before they really went into uh, ultimately tough. You know putting up his own uh, bull riding tour and, and, and essentially just being the face of the whole tour. So, yes. Everybody gets real rowdy, too. I mean, it's a great atmosphere. I would kind of, uh, I would relate it in a way, I mean, in a real, real uh, distant cousin to it, but like a locomotive type crowd because everybody's super rowdy. Everybody's cheering nonstop. It's a fun environment. Absolutely. So, anyway, we hope to have Tough on here pretty soon, and we'll talk about that with him uh, in hour number two of the show. And then uh, Dion Hankins is dropping by in our six o'clock hour. He'll be in our Lubingo studios. Dion's got a new clothing line, Adrian. Yeah, he does. Mercy Oaks is what it's called. Uh, the story about him coming up with this, the story about him developing the shirts and the apparel for this is really cool. And this is a product of NIL. I mean, but he's taking it into his own hands. He has his own clothing brand, and uh, Miter fans can support Dion Hankins directly. Wow. Absolutely. 880-5763. That is our telephone number as we continue here on Sports Talk. All right. Um, meantime, Let's. Uh, you, know, you mentioned something really interesting, and I want to get into this a little bit. Now, was what happened last night at the Aggie game? Because now, was KVIA putting this on their uh, Twitter feed, their breaking news Twitter feed? I don't know if it was on. I I just saw it on their website. I that's where I uh, I found this. I may have scrolled past a, a Facebook post about it, and then maybe clicked on that link. But yeah, now I just have it in my browser. Uh, a very wow. very bizarre story. I see the story, and I'm looking at the video of. Um, you know, a, a woman that uh, was arrested by New Mexico State University police officers um, because she refused to wear the mask. 50-year-old woman, and, um, you know, I, I guess she put on the mask and then took it off. So it wasn't like she didn't have one. She did, but she just, you know, wouldn't wear it is, is kind of the story. And then she ends up getting uh, getting arrested when it was all said and done. That's yeah. a little bizarre. Yeah, apparently, according to the report at least, they said that uh, she would put it on, she'd take the mask off, and uh, this happens, happened several different times between the security officers and, uh, the you know, the person who ended up being arrested. So eventually officers asked her to leave, she refused, and then they had to basically escort her and arrest her. Wow. Yeah, because I'm seeing the... Uh Seeing the video of it right now and ultimately got to the point where and it looks like what's really interesting and, and again I, I it's it's a far away shot, but it looks like she was there with um her daughter and I can't tell who else, but when they were bringing her and putting her away, the fans started cheering. 
Yeah, it may have uh, caused a lot. I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe everybody was kind of pointing her out because you could see uh, several rows down, uh, I guess above her, somebody's pointing out at her, and then a couple fans are clapping in response to the uh, the police escorting her out. Wow. Okay. How about this? Th- th- there's some really interesting stats about this. You mentioned that there were 21 total mask violations, according to NMSU. Four people left the arena on their own. The rest of them Put on masks. That's according to university spokesman Justin Bannister. Uh, How about this? This is my favorite. Two people were caught sneaking in food and or drinks. Is this the movie theater? That that part made me laugh of the story. Oh, my God. That is is crazy. Oh, and by the way, listen to this. Um, Allen Theaters in Las Cruces which advertises inside the Pan Am Center, are inviting Aggie fans to watch tomorrow's game against Seattle at 4 for free at the Cineport 10 in Las Cruces. And here's what they said. Don't forget to treat yourself to some hot, buttery popcorn and a refreshing Coca-Cola from our concession stand. Great marketing right there uh, and selling concessions, uh, talking about this game. This is a huge game, by the way, for NMSU. I mean, Enormous. And Seattle first. I mean, everybody's trying to get the first place right here with Seattle and New Mexico State. They need this victory. The Aggies do it. It's at home for them. 100%. 100%. Line ringing in, 880-5763. That is our telephone number. They've got about 100 seats, apparently, at the Cineport uh, for the game tomorrow. So that's what they're doing, and that's on Telshore, 700 South Telshore. Uh, they've got that, and the game starts at 4, doors open at 3.30. But uh, it's a wild situation. And by the way, you know, the um, here's listen to this. This is very interesting, okay? So the Barbara Hubbard Room is an area inside the Pan Am Center which gives um, donors and supporters a chance to have a pregame meal, food and drink, before the game starts. Well, obviously, the mask mandate included the Hubbard Room. So what did Mario Mocha do before last night's game? He made the Hubbard Room outdoors, put it outside, fully catered, food, drink, tented. It was cold, but fans could then go, and uh, instead of going inside and eating and drinking before the game— they were able to go outside where you didn't even have to mask up because it was outdoors and they uh, had a meal and then they were able to drink and then went into the game. So like I've said before, if you screw around with Mario Mocha, he will figure out a way, a solution around it. And in terms of the pregame hospitality for his biggest donors, he did that last night. Outdoors, Adrian. The Barbara Hubbard Room had a temporary outdoor location with a tent so that fans could go get some food and beverages and then go into the Pan Am Center. Genius move right there. I was very smart of him to do, and I, I love the fact that he got a cap. Uh, he had a chance to capitalize on the outdoor eating for his uh, donors. Okay, now Tough Heenemann is uh, is going to be joining us here in a moment, but before we get to Tough, let me go to Brian from downtown. Brian, what's going on? Hey, I'm a, I'm late to the show today, but I don't know. I'm sure, being an old Longhorn, that you probably saw the Texas Tech Longhorn game. I did, right? I did. I yes. I don't think there were five percent of the entire fifteen thousand people wore masks. 
No, no, no. At that game, there was nobody masking. Nobody, practically. So that's true. It just shows you the difference in the cultures between uh, New Mexico and Texas. 100%. 100% correct on that. 100%. Yeah. All right. Just thought I'd mention that in case, like I say, I'm late to the show today unless it's already been mentioned. No, I haven't mentioned that. It's a great point because you're right. There's about 15,000 and nobody seemed like they were wearing masks. That's true. Yeah, right. Yeah, there you go. Awesome. All right, thanks. All right, you got it. Thank you. Now, I mentioned Tough Hedeman uh, a moment ago. Um, tough, I, I got to get to a break in a couple of minutes, so I want to start with you now, and then if we can keep this going here in a little bit, I'd appreciate it. I know you're just wrapping up right now an event uh, at Cavenders at the Fountains of Farrah where you're doing a meet and greet with fans and signing some autographs. Yes, sir. We're, uh, yeah, just, uh, we're good to go. Whatever you want to do, I'm with you. Well, first off, you tell me you've been busy since you've arrived in town this week. You got the big one tomorrow night out at the Coliseum. How are things going? Everything's great. You know, it it, it seems like we're we're finally getting closer to being normal again. So I think everybody's ready for that. I know for me, I I, I certainly am, and uh, we're we're very excited to be here in February, and uh, we're gonna have a good time tomorrow night. Well, I'm trying to think. When we had you in the studio last year, um, during kind of the, I guess, uh, when when COVID was still going uh, strong in 2021, was that last summer? Is that when you were with us? It was. It was. It was. Uh, it was mid July. Yep. And uh, you know, we we had a great event. We had a great crowd. But you know, we've always done this in February, and that's where people had always gotten used to it and uh we're glad to be back in february for sure and if i'm not mistaken isn't this one of the first events that really kicks off your uh, your tour every year it is it uh we, we had one uh, a few weeks ago in hobbs and then uh now we're here we'll go to vegas uh, the first of next month Awesome. Awesome. And uh, again, you got a lot going on. You got the tailgate down free pre-party tomorrow, uh, which is going to happen starting at five. The event starting at eight from eight to ten. And then you're uh, after a party over at Whiskey Dick. So uh, it sounds to me like really from five o'clock, probably until uh, sometime early Sunday morning, there's going to be a lot of uh, happy uh, bull riding fans around here in El Paso. It's, a, it's always a good time. And you know, I love coming back here, being born and raised here, you know, on, on the west side. It's, uh, it's my favorite place to, to have an event, and I love the Coliseum. I love the people, and uh, we could not be more excited. Tough. Let's do this. Let's take a timeout. We'll come right back, and we'll talk about some of the uh, Bulls and some of the riders that are going to be showcasing themselves tomorrow night. How does that sound? Yes, sir. Let's do it. Tough Heedeman, folks. He's joining us on our hotline. We'll get right back to Tough after Charlie One, who has this traffic update for us. Welcome back, everybody, as we continue 20 past the hour. Tough Hedeman back with us right now. The Tough Hedeman tour stops off at the Coliseum tomorrow night. And Tough in town along with uh, all the riders and bulls that will be here as well. And uh, Tough, we were just talking about that. You've got uh, a ton of really good young up-and-coming riders, don't you? really do. There's, there's four or five guys that nobody's really ever heard of. They're just, uh, you know, that the, that the, you know, this would be, you know, their, their, their first year at going to major events, and there's a, you know, at a minimum two, and maybe even as many as three or four, legitimate future future superstars. I mean, they're they're, they're that good. 
do you do a lot of scouting uh, during the year where in addition to running these events, you're, you're kind of uh, traveling around and, and looking at riders and, and watching a lot of tape and just kind of seeing what, uh, what, what some of these bull riders can do out there? We always, I'm always looking for guys that can ride, and you know, I love giving young guys an opportunity to to see if they can make it at this level. And uh, I, I, I truly believe that at our first event in Hobbs, you know, again, there's there's three or four guys that are just uh, they're incredible talents, and you know, they they're on they're on their way to, to some really special things if they can. You know, stay focused and stay healthy, and that's a lot easier said than done. No, uh, I'm sure uh, injuries happen in all sports, but this is one of the toughest and roughest sports around. I'm wondering though, since so many athletes are in better condition now than they've ever been in before, has that carried over into uh, professional bull riding? I, I, it has, you know, to, to uh, you know, much much more than when I, when I was competing. Uh, you know, you know. I've always said, and I've always known. You know, you have to be in, in in pretty good shape. I think it's a little bit overrated at, at, at times. Um, you know, you know. I've seen guys that worked out too much and got 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 too thick, too bulky. You know, they lost their flexibility. Um, and the other thing, it's eight seconds, as we used to joke, and. The, not that far from the truth, you know, how, how good a shape do you really have to be to do something for eight seconds? You know, the, the, the main thing is, you know, to me, if you're going to ride bulls, you have to get on a lot of bulls. You know, going to the gym never helped, helped me learn how to ride. The only way you learn how to ride is getting on a lot of bulls, and that's what, you know, these guys that are, I just mentioned they're so successful. You know they've been riding since they were, you know, five, six, seven years old. And right. you know the bigger you get, the bigger the animal gets. And by the time you're, you know, fifteen, sixteen years old, you're getting on the, the same size, not quite the same caliber of bulls as you'll see tomorrow night. But you know, you learn how to ride by riding. You, know, you learn how to play golf by hitting a lot of balls. You know, going going to the gym and working out. <laughs> Doesn't do a heck of a lot for you to me in, in boring. Certainly, you can't be overweight and, and out of shape. You have to be in decent shape, but I just think it's a little overstated sometimes. What's more important, tough? Just having a really strong lower body or an upper body when you're dealing with this? Well, it's, it's a combination of both. I mean, uh, it's all about flexibility. It's all about you know being able to to to, to react and you know it's. Kind of a kind of like a dance, and as, as the bull moves, you know, you you just react to what he's doing, and that that's that's all by feel. And the only way you actually get that, you know, you can you can learn the, the basics, you know, what what you're trying to accomplish on a say a mechanical bull or a or a stationary you know barrel that can move around. You get an idea of, of what you're trying to do, and then you have to get on just to a ridiculous number of bulls to to be able to accomplish that. It's a, more than anything. It's it's a trained reaction. Now, tell me what your three round sudden death style bull riding is all about. 
Well, we take I, I take fewer guys and 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 better guys. You know, these are selective answers. They're invitational, and you know, and so you get to see. You know, I could take fifty guys, but I'd rather take the twenty-five best guys I can get, and then give them a chance. You know, you, you'll see. You know, the best guy you'll get to see him right three times on Saturday. You know, we do. Everybody competes once. Usually out of the 25, they'll usually ride, you know, 8 to 10, sometimes 12 out of about half of that. The next round, the bulls are a step up a little better. You usually ride you know, three, four, five of those and then win with the top four, which is kind of a sudden death uh, format in, in the last four, and that's the majority of the money's paid out. But every time you, if you sound and get a score, you know, right for eight seconds, you know, you're, you're guaranteed a paycheck every time you stay on. Tough Heedman with us here on Sports Talk as we continue. I'm looking at some of the names that are going to be here. Uh, Demetrius Mitchell, who is a returning champ, he's going to be in town. You've got Braden Richardson as well. And uh, one of the vets, uh, Riker Carter, who just won the Rapid City PRCA Extreme Bulls last week. So uh, a little some vets and uh, some returning champions that are going to be here. Yeah, we've got, uh, you know, again, like I said, th- th- those guys can really ride. I'm, I'm pretty excited about a few of these younger guys. You know, there's a kid named Case Hit, he's a young, young guy. Uh, he's named John Crimber, in fact, his father, you know, went, you know, went to national finals and, you know, PBR finals. Originally from Brazil. He's, the, he's, the, he's probably the, the, the guy to watch. Um, it's just, you know, there's a kid named Case Hit. That's, that's, that's the one you want to write down because he's going to be pretty special. What about the Bulls? Give me some of the, uh, give me some of the headliners uh, in terms of the Bulls that will be there tomorrow. The cool thing about the Bulls is, is, is they're all so good. There's not – you're really splitting hairs saying this one there's, – there's not a lot of difference between the best one and the – and, and you know the, the, the worst one. And there are no no, no such thing. Uh, if you if you're able to, to ride and you know, get a score, these every one of these bulls here, you are capable of getting you a score between 85 to, to 93. And uh, if in fact whoever is lucky enough or good enough to stay on three three tomorrow uh, tomorrow night. Uh, they're going to win probably no less than, than second because there's none of these bulls that are just a day off. You know, you they got they got to earn it. I mean, the guy that won last you know, at my last event, uh, he said, you know, it's just so hard. You know, you make a great ride and you basically have to just get on and do it again. Okay, that's a great ride. Well, prove prove that you can do it again. And by the way, you have to do it one more time. So the guys that can really ride and love it, the guys that, you know, have to draw the kind of the right bull that fits their style, they 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 might not like it as much because it's it's not a cakewalk. Tickets uh, start at $25, and then they go up for a VIP seating as well. It's all available right now. Uh, at the El Paso County Coliseum. You can get them uh, at uh, not just uh, Ticketmaster.com, but you can also get them at uh, com. 
And you can follow Tough on Facebook and Instagram at official Tough Hedeman. So again, at official Tough Hedeman. The tailgate starts at 5.30 tomorrow and then the event at 8 o'clock. And afterwards, Whiskey Dick's Bar and Nightclub on George Dieter will be the after party for the Tough Hedeman Challenge. Very nice. Uh, Paul was listening to us online. He wants to know if you still if you remember uh, the Carrillos as far as bull riding legends. I do remember the Carrillos. They, uh, they're Great guys. Uh, in fact, I, I I just saw them a couple of weeks ago. There, uh, Gilbert is a uh, he's trying to be an accomplished team roper and and, and doing pretty well. But uh, great guys, and you know they had a lot of success. Nice. Uh, Paul was also wondering uh, what's Ty Murray up to these days. Um, I haven't I haven't seen him in, in quite some time. I saw him. Uh, you know he he on, on a TV program sometime last year, so I don't. I'm not sure what he's doing. All right. As far as the uh, the big one, a week from Sunday, uh, Super Bowl Fifty Six. Who do you like? You like the Rams? Or you like the Bengals in this one? Tough. You know, Joe Burrow is cool. You know, he, I love that guy. So, but I if I had to pick it. Pick one or the other. I think the Rams are going to go all the way. Tell me why. I just think it's their time. I think they've, uh, you know, they, they showed they they've shown some guts here down the stretch, and uh, they've they've been, you know, pretty resilient and pretty impressive. I figured you were going to tell me a great defense beats a great offense when it comes to the Super Bowl. Rule of thumb: That's what usually happens, isn't it? It is. It is. But I understand why you love Joe Burrow. How can you not like Joe Burrow? And, I mean, uh, it's just know. such a, yeah, you got to be, a, you know, whether you like the guy or not, you got to be a fan of what he's able to do. And what I love about him is he has zero backup. It's true. It's very true. Last question. Tom Brady just called it quits earlier this week. Uh, in your mind, is Tom Brady the greatest of all time? I don't think there's any doubt. You know, however you want to measure it, you know, what is it, you know, seven seven times the champion. Yep. That's uh, you know, I I can remember, but because I was a a Bledsoe fan, I remember whenever you know, whenever Tom started for him, and you know, they always say, oh yeah, you you never lose your position due to an injury. Well, that went out right out the window. But, sure you know, did. You know what? It's funny because you know my, my wife. My wife was thought she didn't care for Tom Brady at all, and then when she started really watching, he you goes know, from you know New England to Florida and wins, wins another championship. And then I always told her I said the reason I'm such a fan of him because he's so good, and I'm a fan of anybody that does well because it, it's hard to do good. It's hard to go win day in and day out and uh, I don't think there's a question as to whether he's the greatest of all time. I think the numbers speak for themselves. Tough. We had one question coming in off air before we wrap it up. Uh, Caller wanted to know if the uh, Hatch Bull Riding Champion is coming tomorrow or perhaps the Lower Valley Champion from Isleta. Will they be competing tomorrow night? Uh, what's, what's, the, what's, what's their name? 
I don't know. I, I just was told it was the Hatch Bull Riding Champion from Hatch, New Mexico, right outside of uh, Cruces. So well, I know I know exactly where, where Hatch is. Hatch is <laughs> between but between Las Cruces and TRC. I That's believe, right. Right. That's right. So I don't know the name um, of the Hatch Bull Riding Champion. They called us in off the air. I guess my, my answer is go tomorrow night and you can find out and see it firsthand. Absolutely. You know, we've we've got. Uh, if I was if I was gonna guess, it, it might possibly be Marco Juarez, who is who's from Anthony. Mm. So he's a he's a young kid. He's again, he's one of those kids that we've been talking about that just shows looks everything shows that he has the ability and the desire to to be competitive at this level. He's just he's just beginning his career at this level. But again, once you, once you go from high school to college to the pros, it's a it's, it's a big jump. And uh, some make it and some don't. In fact, a few make it and the rest don't. Yep. Well, again, unfortunately, I, that's life, right? That's true. That is very true. That's why sometimes there's always room at the top. They say. Well, you've been doing this here for 17 years, and uh, you competed forever. So listen, I'm happy. There's something that's really to say about longevity and uh, doing what you love all these years, and that's 100% correct with you, with the tour. And uh, I'm happy you're back in town, and uh, I'll look forward to getting a chance to meet up with you again, as always, because it's so much fun when we get to spend some time. But thanks for uh, calling in today and, and giving us the lowdown on the big event tomorrow night. Always good to talk to you, Steve. Uh, I appreciate your friendship over the years, and uh, keep up the good work. Thanks again. You as well. He's tough, Hedeman, folks. Uh, the best as we continue 35 past the hour. Let's send it back to Adrian right now. He's got this bottom of the hour Sports Center update. Back here on Sports Talk as we continue. You know, it's National Girls and Women's in Sports Week. In fact, uh, UTEP will be celebrating tomorrow as the women get ready to battle it out with. Uh, what should be a real fun game, Rice will be in town, and with us right now is uh, Julie Levesque from the University of Texas at El Paso, and it has been a while since uh, we had the opportunity to welcome uh, Julie to the program. So uh, first off, my apologies. You know that uh, it's always a lot of fun when we get a chance to have you on the show, and uh, I'm happy, as always, we get to, to bring you on today to talk about uh, what's such a big, big afternoon and, and event, uh, not just for uh, you and UTEP, but for all uh, women that, uh, that play sports uh, around the area and around the country. Gosh, Steve, thank you so much. That was awesome introduction. And uh, it has been a long time, and it's so good to, to be with you here today on the radio. So tell me, I mean, I've been seeing a lot of uh, terrific uh, content on social media from uh, a lot of women in the workplace, whether it's the Chihuahuas, the Locomotive, uh, UTEP, so many people that are involved. And they realize just how important uh, National Girls and Women's in Sports uh, Week is for them. You know, it is, it is, it is very important. Um, you know, with, with girls knowing that what sport can do for someone, you know, with leadership skills and confidence and, um, you know, athleticism, being athletic. I mean, it's just there's so much that it does for women and girls and just them knowing that there's a possibility that they should, you know, participate and, and join their teams and their classmates. And, and it just helps everybody as a whole. And, and, and it's all over. I mean, we're, at, we're, 
we're promoting it all over the place. I mean, not, not only this event, but our women's teams and how they're excelling and, and the staff at the Chihuahuas. I mean, those ladies are great over there. And, and I mean, we just love promoting it. So thank you. I'll tell you what else is amazing. You've been here almost 10 years. Uh, hard to believe, isn't it, that you, you came in <laughs> August of 2012. Time flies when you're having fun, uh, right? Can you believe 10 years? I, I honestly, I, I can't believe it's been that long. It doesn't feel like it. And, but, you know, we've been doing this event every year, well, except last year because of COVID, but um, we've been doing this event, and I've been here 10 years. Man, it's flying by, but I, every day, every year is just so unique and, and so fun. You're right, and, and I've worked with a ton of senior women's administrators at UTEP over the years, but don't worry, you've got them all beat because none of them <laughs> spent a decade on the job like you have. Uh, that's for sure, Julie. <laughs> I guess so. That's true. Julie Levesque, uh, Senior mm-hmm. Associate Athletic Director, Senior Women's Administrator at UTEP. Uh, and we're, we're talking to Julie about uh, National Girls and Women's in Sports Day. And again, coming up for the uh, UTEP women uh, tomorrow, they were victorious last night against North Texas. That was big for them. And now an opportunity uh, at uh, 1 o'clock tomorrow for this celebration uh, when uh, the Miners host Rice. Yep, so 1 o'clock against Rice. And you know what, Steve? They, they don't have that uh, that big girl anymore, Nancy, that, the 6'9 girl. Thank God. Um, yeah, she she left and went with the coach, you know, to um, up to Washington. But, yeah, so they don't have her. So it's going to be a really exciting game, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. But, you know, we're going to be doing a, a nice presentation at halftime, and so um, – it's gonna be it's gonna be a really nice event tomorrow, and the game's gonna be exciting. And it's in the middle of the day, so the weather should be, you know, okay. The road should be good. We should all be good to go. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about what you're gonna be doing at halftime, Julie. What are some of the festivities that are gonna be happening tomorrow? Yeah, so we we're, we actually have a banquet in the morning. Um, we give out this award, and we solicited nominations across the city for all for elementary, for middle, for high school girls. Um, and, and basically, the criteria was, you know, uh, athletics, academics, community service, and school uh, involvement. And so there's people all around the city who nominated young girls. Uh, we had a committee who selected winners from each uh, grade level. And we're going to be presenting them at halftime with the Flo Hyman Award. Uh, that's uh going to happen at halftime and then we're also going to be introducing our keynote speaker so i also bring in a keynote speaker for the banquet and this year's keynote speaker is amazing her name is ginger carrick and i don't know if that sounds familiar to you it does but uh, for people out there tell a little bit about ginger okay so ginger play she graduated from hanks high school she played basketball for utep for one season in 87 88 season before she had a career-ending injury. She then transferred to Texas Tech, where she focused on her academics. She did not play, you know, she didn't try to play basketball anymore. She was done. She focused on academics. She ends up working for NASA and was the first Hispanic female flight director for NASA. And she's retired now from NASA, and she's doing some other things, but we have, we're bringing her back. She's going to be our keynote speaker, and she is so excited to be at the Don Haskins Center tomorrow because it's been a long time. And uh, she's already arrived here in El Paso today. She's staying at her family's house over on the east side, and and she's going to be there tomorrow. So she's also going to meet with our women's basketball team for their pregame meal in the morning and give them an inspirational 
uh, talk and, and get them fired up for the game. And so we are really excited that she's going to be here and, and she's going to be available walking around the Don Haskins tomorrow for pictures and autographs and whatever anybody wants to do. And, you know, maybe some people remember her, maybe they'll come out and say hi and, and just congratulate her on her amazing career. So that's what we have in store. I think that's terrific. I think a lot of the fans are going to love it. I know Ginger's going to love coming back. A reunion, there's mm-hmm. nothing like that being honored. And hopefully everything gets capped off, capped off with a big performance by the uh, UTEP uh, women tomorrow. That would be amazing. It would just make the day even more special. So we're looking forward to it. Have you already been uh, part of other events uh, all week long as it culminates tomorrow at 1? But have there been other things that you've been a part of all week? We haven't done it this week. We're going to actually do it next week on the 11th and the 12th. So on the 11th, we're going to have an event at the 7 p.m. softball game. It's UTEP versus Creighton. So we're going to have an event there. We're going to have some posters and handouts and Cracker Jacks and peanuts. And, you know, we're going to, we're going to have a nice celebration at the softball game. Um, and then on Saturday, the 12th, the morning of the 12th, uh, our rifle team is going to be competing against TCU. So we're going to do something at rifle and we would love for people to come out and watch rifle. If you've never seen it, you're actually going to be amazed. I mean, it is kind of slow and, you know, you, you know, you just sit there and watch and the people, you know, the athletes are in a, you know, separate room where they can't hear and they're really focused on shooting. But if you haven't seen it, you got to come out and watch and it's, and it's all day. It's like eight to noon or eight to one on Saturday um, but we're going to have some, you know, breakfast, foods, bagels, muffins, fruit um, out the, at the rifle range against TCU and, and same thing, handouts and posters and stuff. So we're, we're really excited about that as well. So do uh, people, we hope people come out. Do people mm-hmm. cheer at rifle matches? And if they do, is it a little weird? Because since you're in a glass enclosure, the athletes can't hear anything that's going on, but can they like see behind them fans get excited and start uh, getting, uh, you know, a little uh, minor pride? Yes. They, they can't hear anything, but they definitely can see because it's all glass. So the, you'll see when they're shooting and then they're taking a break they'll look back and they'll look to see all the people standing there. And we're out in the lobby there and we're talking and this and there's food and people are chatting and they have video boards. You can see their shots, you know, close up to see, see how, who's winning and who's doing what. Uh, but yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of more of a social thing. There's no cheering. It's, you know, it's, it's hard. It's a hard sport. It's more, more social just to hang out, eat food. And just enjoy watching um, shooting, especially if you're into it. I mean, and you don't have to stay long. You can come for 10 minutes, check it out, and go, wow, this is different. And then, or if you're really into it and you know about it and you want to stay the whole time, you can stay the whole time and just really, you know, watch the different, um, I guess they're called stances or positions. They have different guns and, you know, so if you know a lot about it, it's, it's actually a great event. So. It sounds like fun. Listen, Julie, I'm happy mm-hmm. you're joining us today. I'm excited about tomorrow afternoon at 1 o'clock. And then, of course, softball and rifle next week. Have a great celebration for National Girls and Women's in Sports Day. And uh, as always, uh, anytime we have you on, we always uh, enjoy that as well. So thanks so much for the time. Gosh, Steve, thanks so much. And go Miners. She's Julie Levesque as we continue here on Sports Talk when we come back. 
Dion Hankins is here. He has a new clothing line. He's going to tell us all about it. So stay with us. Sports Talk continues. It's 600 ESPN El Paso. House here uh, in our Lubingo studios to begin uh, hour number three here on Sports Talk. Welcome back to the program, everybody, along with Adrian Broadus. I'm Steve Kaplowitz. Uh, again, uh, Lubingo has 12 locations in El Paso to serve your vehicles, plus, uh, they're all a state inspection center. You want to learn more? Go online to lubingoautocare.com. Right now, though, as promised, we do have uh, Dion Hankins uh, with us here in the studios. Good to see you, man. How are you? Good to see you, too. I'm good. I'm doing good. Dion, you brought friends. You yeah. have a full house of people here. <laughs> people of all ages. People of all All sizes. <laughs> right. All shapes. It's great. <laughs> Tell everybody about who's here right now, starting with the with the person next to you. Okay, so I got my teammate, um, Justin Mayers. Uh He's also my roommate, my brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got my mom, uh, my mom's best friend, and her daughter. Very nice. So you have uh, we have a full house now. Uh, just out of curiosity, you and Justin go to the same uh, back to the same class, right? That's how it all started. Yes, sir. Did you guys hit it off right out of the gate? Uh, not really. It was just kind of like um, we just noted, noticed subtle like similarities between us, and that's kind of what brought us together. Like what? What kind of similarities? Let me hear. Um, I actually have this devotional book that I was doing every day. And um, I would take pictures of it and stuff, and he would come over to my dorm, and that's when we started, like, you know, reading our devotions together, and he ended up getting his own book, and that's oh, kind really? of where we started. Yes, that's sir. That's awesome, and it went from there, right? Yes, sir. Now, uh, Justin, uh, you are a redshirt freshman uh, from Reedy High School out of Frisco. And, yes, sir. Uh, uh, you tell me, uh, the, the effect that uh, Dion's had on you, tell me a little bit about it. Uh, the effect that he's had on me has been nothing but positive, you know, it's a blessing to be here and in attending school of University of Texas at El Paso and this great city of El Paso. Um, I'm blessed to have Dion in my life because, you know, in college it can be tough at times, but with the right people, you know, it, you can just win in life together. You know, it's a blessing that me and him crossed paths our freshman year as we were part of the first recruiting class by Coach Dimmel. That's right. Yes, sir. By the way, I love Frisco. Uh, I'm a big fan. I go, we, we've gone over the years to watch the uh, CUSA basketball tournaments at the Star. Yes, and, sir. And, and it's see, amazing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What was it like for you playing at Reedy High School? It was, it was a blessing, you know, because I was a kid growing up in Los Angeles, California. When I moved to Texas, my whole life changed, you know, so to speak. But um, Reedy was a great platform to benefit me, you know. And, uh, at the Star, we were able to play there on Friday nights and Thursday nights, so that kind of gave me, like, an experience of somewhere I want to go to in my future. You know, the NFL is right there, and we just got to keep mo- stay motivated. By the way, you said it best. Um, Frisco a little different than L.A., isn't it? Yes, sir. <laughs> way different. Way different. How old were you when you moved? I was about 15. 15. Oh, wow. So right about starting high school. Yes, sir. Well, I, I moved to um, Dallas, Texas my sophomore year of high school. Yes, Okay. Sir. Yes, so sir. then after that, you went to, in, into Reedy at uh, Frisco. And, yes, uh, sir. And the rest is history. Very yes, nice. Yes, sir. Sorry. All right, good. Um, and and then how much playing time did you get this past season? This past season, um, me and Bobby DeHart rotated, so I played about six games. Right on. Um, this season coming up, I'll be the starting left guard here at Utah. Yeah, sir, because DeHart is going to have a chance to go play in the NFL on Sundays. Yes, sir. That is that is terrific. Um, and congratulations on that. I'm excited for you and uh, helping anchor that offensive line because now this is really great because you guys have come full circle, Dion. Uh, and think about this: you're running the ball. Justin opens up holes for you. I mean, yeah. how great is that? Mm-hmm. We always talk about moments like this, you know, especially when, you know, in practice, we'll have like a screen play and he'll um, lead block for me and we'll just be set up celebrating in the end zone every time. 
And so we're just waiting for the moment we could actually do that in a game and just have fun with it. Hopefully it happens sooner rather than later. Yes, sir. For sure, this yeah. year. Now, do you guys have a touchdown dance? We got a We got a couple things planned. You got to stay tuned this season, yeah. man. It's going to be a great year for sure. We'll think about it. We do got a handshake <laughs> that we do every every the, um, beginning of every game. A handshake? Mm-hmm. Is it like a special secret handshake? I think so. I think kinda, so. Kind of. Low key. How do you describe bit. the handshake? What does it involve? Let me hear. Uh, it kind of switches up every time. Oh, um, so you, you, it, it evolves. It's an evolving <laughs> yeah, handshake. Just based on how we're feeling, you know, that day. <laughs> you know, constantly evolving. You know, we start running out the tunnel, you know, the fans and everyone screaming, and then we do our little pregame player in the in the end zone. We do a little handshake, and then yeah. after time, every time Dion scores, I lift him up, and we just do our thing. There you mm-hmm. go. That's the way to do it. I like that. Now, uh, Dion, uh, first off, uh, let me say this. Your off-season workouts are legendary. I see things on social media that don't look human from time to time. Yeah. They, they, they really don't. So I know in the weight room when it comes to lifting, uh, you've always kind of taken the approach of doing the spectacular more than anything else. And on the field, we've seen yeah. that at times. You've, you've done the spectacular. Um, mm-hmm. Yet right now I see you uh, that you know, the shoulder is, looks like it's on the mend. So tell me a little bit about what happened. Uh, it was just like I just felt felt weird um, in fall camp and the beginning of the season. It was just a weird fall, you know. But now that the season's over, I'm able to, um, you know, now that I had the surgery, I'm able to just recover and get my mind right, get everything right. Just so by the time the season comes, I could be 100 percent and actually just give my all to the team, you know. Because last year I just didn't want to have another oh by chance or this could happen or this could happen you know or just play uncomfortable because I was wearing two braces you know every like the whole season so um I'm I'm really feeling like I could just you know want to give my 100 percent and this is just the first step to doing that now let's talk about this first off you play a very physical style of football you go north south you run over people that's just that's just no that's the, yeah. that's the honest truth I mean that's how you that's how you run you're very I've I've compared you to Earl Campbell and I'm oh, sure yeah. you've watched videos and film of Earl. Earl pounded people his entire career, and his body took the price on that over the years because it was such a physical style. And I saw mm-hmm. you, and the same thing. I thought, man, you don't run. You run through people. You run over them. You run through. And it is a physical style of football. Does it take its toll on you physically? And has it, since you've been in college, taken a little bit more of a toll than it ever did in high school? Um, honestly, no, because I'm just – I'm just used to it. You know, I've been running the same since I was in middle school, and I'm used to, like, having all these scars on my body. Like, I could name out a scar and where I got it from, what game. It's just memories to me. And, um, you know, that's just my style. And, uh, and it's just built me to be tough because in high school, I was sometimes getting, getting the ball, like, 30 to 40 times a game at times, like playoffs and stuff. So yep, I, remember. I just, you know, developed my endurance and stuff. And just being the, the player that – Okay, that I want people to rely on me when the you know tough times do come in the game, you know. So that kind of just built me up into um now. Excellent. All right. So uh, again, you um, right now had the, the surgery, basically just kind of clean things out of the shoulder, right? Yes, sir. Okay. What they told you on recovery? What's the uh, recovery schedule? Mm, I'm I need to I need to be in this for a couple of weeks and just start rehab. So the rehab will just explain itself, you know, just based on how I feel. So for the most part, when it comes to spring ball, you'll probably have that off, but you might not be able to do all the contact stuff like you're used to. Probably wait till fall camp for that, but you'll already be rehabbing the shoulder uh, come mm-hmm. come come spring ball. That's the plan. That's the plan. Um, just work until. That, that full contact, working to workouts, not, not try to run, rush anything, you know, because at the same time I need to take care of myself, you know. So, yeah. Right on.
Now, you guys are both part of the bowl season last year, and I want to hear your reaction to that because that was big. Seven wins, a chance to uh, to go bowling, and really a chance to win that game. Uh, let's be honest. You, yes, you, you had Fresno on the ropes a couple times, and we're right there with them. So, obviously, uh, that was important, and it was, a, it was a good season, a lot of progress being made. Let's talk about what it meant to play in a bowl game because it doesn't happen all that often here at UTEP. Uh, Justin, let me start with you. Yes, sir. I feel like it meant everything, you know, because our first year here, me and Dion. Um, our first year, we won one in 11, and the next year, due to COVID, which was very hard for a student-athlete to stay motivated in class and do good on the field, we went, I believe, for 3-7. and seven. So last year, we made history as a program, and it, took a, it was a long time coming, and it's something that we're going to continue to do, not just for bowl games, but go for championships. And it was awesome to be able to go to the city of Albuquerque and experience new things and play a team that was also very good in California. So it was, it was a great experience. It was very great. What about you, Dion? It felt it felt amazing, you know, just to be part of that, and you know, just to help my team get to um, accomplish one of the goals that we had set preseason. You know, um, our coach um, he always talks about um, it's time, and so it's kind of, it kind of just made us act with urgency during practice and during games, and just um, develop that family um, unit um, and just be tight knit with each other. For both of you guys, what was the side? What were the sidelines like in that game and for the for the New Mexico Bowl? Because you know Calvin Brownholds pops up, he throws that fifty-one yard pass to Trent Thompson. It looked like that sideline just oh, yeah. went absolutely <laughs> insane. It was electric. It was yeah, it was, it was electric. electric. You know, to be in a different different city, different atmosphere, but just to have our fans there. It was amazing to have our fans there. You for know, sure. all we all we need to do is you know all it takes is just one play, one good play, one spark, and then that just makes a snowball effect. Everybody effect. just explodes from yeah. there, right? <laughs> exactly. exactly. But that's what we need to focus on, just starting fast in the beginning of the games and having that same energy as if every play was going to be a big play. Yes, well, sir. I, and I mean, and for you, Dion, you really came on strong at the end of the season and you started getting more carries and all of a sudden when you were running the ball, it looked a lot like you from the 2020 season. Were mm-hmm. you healthier towards the end of the year or is it just a matter of, hey, you just had great opportunities and you just took advantage of it? Uh, last year just helped, allowed me to, you know, just see certain things from a different perspective, you know, and helped me, like, strengthen my mindset and just realize that, okay, like, I do have the talent, you know, I, I want to benefit to the team. I just don't want to be on the side and just, you know, just sit in there. So whenever I did have an opportunity to go, I try to make the most of it, exactly. you know, not thinking about, oh, I'm going to hurt my shoulder or I'm going to get hurt at this play. Because if yeah. you play scared, then what's the point? You know, and I found myself playing a little scared um the beginning of the season, not because I thought I couldn't do it or anything just the fact that you know just injuries and stuff but after the season I'm just like okay whatever let me just go and you know just do what I do now something that's kind of interesting with you too is this you've never had adversity as a player I mean if you think about it you've always been able to shine in every opportunity and this past year was really the first piece of of true adversity that you've had to deal with through your athletic career so in a sense that's probably good in a way too because you know when you've seen so much success come your way and then all of a sudden things are a little tougher right now it just means you've got to battle through it yeah I mean I have I have had adversity I mean that's what built me to the player I have I'm today I am today you know because if I didn't have adversity I would have been quit a long time ago because my first game ever in seventh grade I had fractured my forearm and I played that whole season with the cast you know uh wow junior year of high school I messed up my MCL you know that was a adversity and stuff had to be out three games and you know just a whole bunch of adversity but college is a different level and I know that you know with with every adversity comes a lesson you know and um, you just got to find your way out of it and learn something from it, you know? 
I understand. How about you? Uh, what what kind of adversity have you been dealing with so far, Justin? I've I've dealt with adversity all my life. You know, it's a it's a blessing to be here. You know, um, I've dealt with a lot of injuries, a lot of stuff off the field as well. And I feel like, like Dion said, you know, you can look at adversities as something negative, but also as positive. You know, because if you come out of it, you'll be better and stronger than before, and it'll just propel you for your future and what's destined for you to come. You know, without my injuries that I had in my life, I feel like that kind of taught me some lessons, propelled me to where I am now. And this season, you know, I'm not holding anything back. I'm coming for everything I always wanted, you know. Good for you. All right, listen, guys, we're going to come back from the break. I want to talk about the clothing line. I want to find out about all this and get, get to the bottom of it. how is this all happening, okay? <laughs> so give me, give me the full detail when we come back <laughs> okay. on everything that's going that's on. All right. We've got uh, Dion Hankins, Justin Mayers with us right now here on Sports Talk, and uh, we'll come back with more right after this. It's 600 ESPN El Paso. We continue here on Sports Talk. Dion Hankins and family and friends. Uh, Justin Mayer is here with us as well. <laughs> Roommates, buddies, UTEP minors. We're talking to the two of them right now here on Sports Talk as uh, we continue with the show. All right, clothing line. Let's get to this. <laughs> I got to hear. You're <laughs> laughing. All right, what? How long have you been thinking about putting a clothing line together? How did this whole thing start? Man, that's an adversity in itself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've been doing clothes, like I said, since I was a freshman year in high school. I started with my mom's machine uh, that she got for Valentine's Day, and I just kind of took over it. <laughs> so wait, so and she I got a sewing machine? It, it's it's like a machine that, like, makes this vinyl thing okay. that you're able to iron onto the shirt. Okay, so it makes... So, okay, I got you. That's, yeah, that it cuts out the vinyl. Cool. So All right. Your design. Okay. And so I started off making, like, headbands and stuff, and I had wanted a camera, so I, I had made up like 800 within like two weeks <laughs> two three weeks just selling headbands and stuff and then after that i took a little break but i just recently got back to it okay so explain exactly what you're doing so people understand what this is all about okay so like first off um mercy oaks to me um i came up with a name um because like in middle school me and my friends uh we started attending youth nights and stuff and so they're like Oh, so if you want to take a step of faith, I want, I challenge you to go on top of your table and start preaching and stuff. And we're like, no, nah, that's too far. We're not going to do all that. And so instead of doing that, we just went to, um, to lunch, we gathered around a table and just started talking about God and reading the Bible to each other. And after that, we took it outside under a tree and we would just start having Bible studies and uh, students and teachers would just come out in groups and just listen to us. And wow, eventually, you in middle school. Yeah, I was in middle school. Okay. And so eventually, um, we had got a room. We would have like guest speakers, and we even brought a couple of, like rappers to the school, like NF. I'm not sure if you're familiar with NF. I've heard of NF. Yes. Yeah, we brought him to the school and stuff. And so um, it wasn't an oak tree that we were under, but I just decided to just name it Mercy Oaks, you know, just because of the Well, tree. Mercy Oaks sounds better than Mercy Tree, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah at first it was going to be like Mercy Mountain or Mercy, but I was like, nah, Mercy Oaks sounds more reasonable. All right. So Mercy Oaks is the name of the company. Yes, sir. Correct? It's your brand. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, when did you start it officially? When did Mercy Oaks, when was Mercy Oaks born? Uh, Mercy Oaks was born probably like two years ago. Right. Uh, I was just kind of making stuff for myself out of our dorm room. <laughs> our dorm room. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them about the machine I had in the living room. It started back when we used to be, live on campus at the dorms. Yeah. Uh, one day, I was like, man, I wonder where Dion's at. And he comes in with like five wooden carts on wheels and all these platforms. <laughs> I go, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> and it just started there with his clothing. But I've always liked clothing and, and photography, so I just supported him, you know, yeah. and 
now you know I'm always wearing his shirts, and now it's coming to something yeah, that he wants. Right now, under that, that's yeah. cool. So, so you basically created your own clothing line now, right? It's called Mercy Oaks is the line, and yes, you sir. just what do you have? You have t-shirts, t-shirts, sweaters, um, sweats, hats, like anything. I mean, I just want to make stuff that I would like to wear, like this Dickies, like this Dickies jacket. Yeah. Um, I just put Mercy Oaks on it. Oh, that's the way to do it. Yeah, just take some jacket and yeah. just turn it into yours. Make it, make it <laughs> yeah, yours. I mean, this is a, like that's what people are doing nowadays, and yeah. I decided to stick with like the trends and stuff to see what people are into. Okay, so yeah. what you'll do is you'll take something that looks cool or that that's comfortable, and then you'll just you throw Mercy Oaks on there, and now it's Mercy Oaks. Yeah, or I'll just like, like buy a whole bunch of blanks, like blank sweaters, that's, blank shirts, and yeah. then a lot of my teammates have been supporting me. That's stuff. good. I like that. Yes, All right. Sir. Dion, I've seen uh, cars on some of the uh, the T-shirts and, and merchandise so far. What's the inspiration with cars with this? Uh, honestly, the cars are more of like a like a trend because I know everyone was up to like NASCAR tees and stuff. But you know, I just try to put my own little spin on it and just make a little because those type of shirts are easy to make. The graphic tees, you just get a car, put you know your name on it, put like some effects in the background, and. I, I do everything myself. I do Photoshop myself. I do Lightroom myself. I take the pictures and stuff. Like, I edit on myself. <laughs> I make the clothes myself. <laughs> so, I mean, now that I'm trying to, like, make it an actual brand, I yes. need to, you know, have a manufacturer for all that. That, that helps. Yeah. It, it does. Now, would you? what do you like more? Do you like the clothing design or the photography? What, if you had to pick one, what's your, what's your number one, uh, like, what's your number one hobby? Probably the... Probably the photography. I'll say the photography. What kind of camera do you have? A uh, 5D Mark IV. Very nice. Yeah. All right. True story. I was at Oscar Eddie's agency. Dion Hankins is like, hey, what kind of camera do you have? And I, I pull it out. He's like, let me show you mine. It's this like, amazing, like the best <laughs> camera I've ever seen. Just pulls it out. And, oh, yeah, I, I always shoot with this. And he's like, go with it. <laughs> so now, so you obviously are a Canon guy, not yeah. an Icon guy. You like your Canon mm-hmm. with the Mark IV. Okay. Um, what's your go-to lens? What's your, what's your standard? What's the, the lens you got to have on that camera if you had one lens to pick? Uh, I was I was shooting with the fifty millimeter for a long time because it makes like the background blurry and yeah. it has a low light aperture. Mm-hmm. But now I'm shooting with the twenty four to seventy because nowadays people like like that fashion type where you can see everything and the yeah. background and the clothes and stuff. So now I, I uh, so twenty four seventy is what uh, is is probably your go to, which mm. is good. Telephoto is what you like, yeah. but the fifty is nice too. Those yeah, are good fifty lenses. is like versatile. But if you're trying to shoot like sports and stuff then that's not gonna work sports photography is tough isn't it yeah have you ever done get you ever gone back to uh maybe high school games and on a bye week try to get on the sidelines and shoot a football game mm, no nah, i haven't i mean i've thought about it but nah, i haven't gotten around to it have you shot a wedding yet <laughs> i actually have <laughs> yeah i actually have it was like a, a backyard wedding though was it fun yeah, it was, it was cool. It was a little, like, last minute. All right. Because like, they asked me to be, like, um, the, bri- the bridegroom or the best man. And so... So, wait, I, you're I the best man slash photographer? Yeah. <laughs> That's a, how do you do that? How do you, how do you stay in the <laughs> wedding procession well, and like, also take pictures? How'd you pull that off? I don't know. They just... I just dressed up and stuff. And then yeah. uh, I had... They're like, oh, you, t- you take pictures as well, too, right? And I was like, all right, yeah, I do. So, I just brought my camera along, and they paid me to take pictures of all of us. Okay. <laughs> Sounds like that. that sounds like fun. I like that. But you also like designing as well. That's that's something that's that's fun for you. Is yes, there any sir. particular type of uh, clothing design you like the best? Mm, not really. I mean, I'm I'm really into like streetwear, photo- streetwear, um, fashion and stuff, and like simple type logos and um, um, kind of like retro stuff as All well. Right. 
Have you been able to get uh, any of your stuff to uh, the great Khalid? Uh, I haven't even tried that. Honestly, I haven't tried that. I haven't tried reaching out to him. But that would be awesome if I yeah. did. I could see, I could see that. That sounds like that'd be something that'd be kind of fun, especially since he just came out with his his new uh, his new mixtape called uh, Scenic, Scenic Drive. Drive. That's right. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of uh, good reasons for that. Just so have him up there with some Mercy Oaks taking pictures. Like that'd be cool. There you go. I mean, yeah. Is uh, is Khalid pretty popular in the uh, UTEP uh, locker room? You guys, uh, a lot of you guys fans. I remember uh, when I first committed to El Paso. Uh, there was a, a star coming out fast named Khalid, and I used to always listen to him. Yeah. I I still listen to to him, but. You know, he, I think he has a couple of fans in the locker room. You know, it's very yeah. versatile, that uh, music that play, gets played. You know what's yeah. crazy? You guys are like the same age. Isn't that wild to think about? Cause That's crazy, huh? He, he hit at such a young age and yes. hit it big at like 17 mm-hmm. or 16, whatever it was. That by the you know Now he's probably, I don't know, maybe early to mid-20s at the most. And yeah. it's just thinking about that. It's, it's crazy. It's kind of motivating. Yeah, you know, it is absolutely like motivating. The world's out there. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and all it took it was like one song for him to blow up, and it's the same thing as in everything. I mean, like the, what I'm trying to do now, like make a shirt. I mean, all it takes is one shirt or you know one hat or whatever. That's true. Yeah. Now, but here's the thing. Okay, you're playing football. You mm-hmm. love football. Yeah. But you also love photography and you also love designing. So you got a lot of you got a lot of uh, yeah. a lot of loves in your life, don't you? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I just don't want to be like just a football player. Like I have a personality. I like. I have hobbies and stuff, like, just as everybody else. You know, I'm not some type of robot, you know. So, I mean, when it comes down to it, I mean, I'm going to grind for my team. I'm going to work out with my team and just be a supportive, like, brother all around, you know. So Deeply religious as well. Mm-hmm. I know that. When I had you on as a high school player, I remember your first interview when you were a junior, and I remember how religious you were just in terms of just answering questions. You talked yeah. about everything was just all about, you know, God's plan and, mm-hmm. and really your faith, and, and that's something that I'm sure hasn't changed at all over these uh, years. It hasn't at all. I mean, the only thing is, I mean, like obviously as you get older, you learn new stuff and you go through things. And me, I felt like I was, you know, um, physically ready for college, but mentally um, I had a little bit of growing to do. And so um, without God in my life and without the right people around me and um, Justin and just us, you know, holding firm on our faith, you know, I would have been a ways away. Where have you grown the most uh, in terms of just you know maturing in these these last two three years? Tell me where, where that's been for you. Mm, I've I've grown the most you know just mentally uh, because I feel like physically I mean like I said I feel like physically I I can handle it but just mentally just seeing the other side of things and just realizing how the world is really like and you know it just makes you see things from a different perspective. I hear you, Justin. Same for you. Uh, yes, sir. I feel like you know. High school is a different level. You know, you're out of the big star, you're bigger than everyone else, but I feel like the level of competition in college is a little bit more higher. But I feel like it's pretty much mentally, you know, because, you know, you can always get stronger and stronger, but if your mind is weak, then you, you're not going to be able to be successful. So just um, growing spiritually and mentally, you, and nothing can stop you after that. Yeah. It's weird because you guys are both going to be sophomores, but I would consider both of you all like veteran leaders for this team right now. Do you all uh, you all take that ownership and, and try to mentor everybody else around you? Yes, sir, for sure, because I feel like it's important to lay the foundation for the new guys and, and keep them motivated, you know, because we were once in their shoes um, as a new kid and college and making it after all these years of high school and I feel like this year will be a year that we make history even bigger you know because the way our 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 mentality is as as a unit you know as as a unit as a whole nothing can stop us because I feel like setting a prime example and just being there for them um as if the uh, the seniors before were there for us you know it's just a positive effect for sure
Yeah. Dion, what about you? Because, I mean, we're not we're not satisfied. I mean, we made it to a bowl game, but it just doesn't stop there, especially mm-hmm. when a lot of our games were so close. It's just yeah. one little mistake that just, you know, knocked us off. So when we just play up to our potential and, you know, just not be satisfied with the last win and just continue to grow, just then keep stay hungry. that's when everything mm-hmm. will continue to get better. Do you also feel almost personally like you have a chip on your shoulder next year because this past season you, you were hurt all year, you ran for less than 500 yards, you had the six touchdowns, but you know what you're capable of and you really want to go back to showing what you what you're able to do in 2020. Yeah, I'm definitely. For real. I I always have a chip on my shoulder and I feel like I don't have nothing nothing to prove. I mean, it just kind of see it just kind of makes you see like when people, when you're down and you just kind of get a whole different perspective of how others treat you, and when you're up, then everybody wants to come. So I'm not going to base who I am and the type of player I am based on what other people think about me. So, I mean, I'm the same Dion. I don't got nothing to prove. I know that I'm hurt. I know that this is a little adversity, a little bump in the road to me. I mean, I just got to work around it and get better. That's all I could do. All right. I like it. We'll come back. We'll uh, wrap things up with Dion and Justin as we continue here on Sports Talk. But first, right back to Adrian in this Sports Center update. You can follow uh, Dion Hankins on Instagram, which is Dion HGA. It's Dion HGA. When you do it, there's a link to his Mercy Oaks shop, which you can check out. And, and by the way, now that we've got NILs out there, that's a nice way for you to uh, a little extra on the side, right? Exactly. Yeah, I'm just going to start start with this before like you know the business comes in and just start start by myself you know trying to market myself as a person and you've also got your mercy oaks uh instagram handle as well so yes, that's sir. that's when you kind of drop some of the new items when they hit i like the logo by the way it's, <laughs> it's very cool what do you what do you like better do you like it when mercy oaks is all spelled out or do you like it where you just have the m and the o because that's pretty cool too um honestly like as i play around with it i feel like i like the mercy oaks spelled out you know because you do i could do it in different fonts i mean uh, the M and the O just seems kind of like generic, you know, because yeah. you see like the LA hats and stuff. So when you just spell it out and put it in a different file and mess around with it, then yeah. I hear you. Hey, um, you know, yesterday was uh, or Wednesday was signing day for UTEP. They didn't sign any running backs, so that tells me that they're very happy with the group they have right now. And you tell me, I mean, you look at uh, this running back core; they're deep. They've got a lot. You know, you got guys that pretty much can 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 get it done. And and uh, you know, they they helped uh, when you were hurt last year, kind of pick up the slack, which was important. And you've got guys waiting in the wings like Willie Eldridge, who really hasn't mm-hmm. had his chance yet, and he wants to. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty excited about the the running back uh, the running back room for next year. How about you? I'm I'm really excited because, you know, um, like as far as running backs, you know, um, we all had to grow mentally because all, a lot of us weren't like put on the spot, you know, um, like Awat, you know, he, he really shined um, last year. He had his opportunity and he's always been that type of player. He's always been shifty and a good back. And so as as we go through these things, like we had to go through COVID and stuff and we just been through it all. So I feel like this is a year we get to just put it together. I'm with you on that one. Justin, what about you? What are your thoughts on the running back core? I feel like we have a great running back core. Um, Dion, Awat, Willie, um, they're all very unique in their own ways. You know, and I feel like that's why it makes it so special. 
um, as a program because every every person in the position brings something to the table that can help us win for sure. I'm with you on that one, and I like the three of you guys because you're all different. You can all do different things. And if there's one thing we've learned about UTEP and really football in general, guys, look at how many NFL teams use two or three running backs. Mm-hmm. It's you know the days of just that's one true. dominant running back. It's it's almost like those are that's a thing of the past now because teams realize that you can look at Aaron Jones for an example in Green Bay and how he teamed up with AJ Dillon last yeah. year, and Perfect you know example. they both had great years. So right. nowadays you don't need one dominant running back to get almost all the carries. As long as you're smart in how you distribute the football, you could have two or three guys get it done. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, that's the that's thing I had to kind of get used to. Like I mentioned before, I was getting in ball like 30 to 40 times or a game during high school. Yeah. And I was just used to being like a workhorse, you know. But now it's, it's just good to like split my reps and stuff. I hear you. Dion, speaking of Showtime, uh, what's we we know that you have a relationship with him off the field, but what what's that relationship mean to you, and and how how far does that relationship go between you and Aaron Jones? It's awesome, you know, because he really treats me as a, a little brother, and he tries to give me all the tips he can whenever I see him in person, and whenever I'm I just talked to him on the phone the other day, and um, he was just he just mentioned something about the Pro Bowl, and I'm just like, man, that's great. I was just telling him I'm proud of you, and congratulations, and. You know, it's just, it's just a little, like, brotherly love whenever we talk. That's good. He was in town uh, this week, so you know, yeah. like, he got a chance to come back into town. He was, he was hooping it up at Bowie, playing, oh, yeah. some, uh, playing some Bowie basketball <laughs> players. I like that. that. That's good. That means, you know, he's comfortable coming here, just exactly. kind of showing up, hanging out, and getting some, getting some hoops in. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's, it's cool to see that, you know, because he's still around El Paso, and a lot of people look up to him, especially the kids. And, and just him being at that high school, I'm pretty sure it was you know, a lot of kids are starstruck. <laughs> Absolutely. Now tell me, guys, uh, going into next season, I'm, I'm looking at this team. You're coming off the seven wins. Uh, this year you get <clears throat> New Mexico State at home. You get yes, Boise State at home. I'm sure that you really want Boise badly yes, in this sir. building because I'm, I, I can just imagine after last year's game what it would be like if you guys can get out there and really make a statement early. Yes, sir, for sure, because – I feel like last year was a really a really big stepping stone for this season to come, and I feel like this season will just be better. And going over to Boise State, that was a good experience. And now they got to come to the Sun Bowl, and our fans and all of our supporters, it'll be worthwhile because we're really going to get that win this year against them for sure. And I can't wait to open hoes and watch Dion run and score. So that'll be great. Dion, as much as you're probably looking forward to uh, Boise, I'm sure you're also looking forward to Oklahoma to start the year because, Mm -hmm. you know, you go into Norman and if you can break off a couple of big ones against a team like the Sooners, uh, that could go so well for you, the the team, and ultimately uh, just your confidence level. Exactly. I mean, that's that's what I'm working towards, you know, especially, uh, you know, getting, getting off the surgery and doing rehab and just getting better as a player and you know, coming off the year I had last year, like I, I just, I just want to go for it all. You know, and I feel like that game would just allow me to just run hard and see what I could do against a bigger matchup. What is it? What is it like for you guys when you go up into a stadium? And there's 90, 100,000 people there, and you're going up against the Power Five powerhouse like in Oklahoma this coming September. I mean, from a football player's standpoint, I would assume that, yeah, you want to win the champ, you want to win Conference USA and go bowling. But is part of the attraction to come to a place like UTEP when you know, hey, we've got Oklahoma coming up in Norman? That's just such a big football game. Is that a, is that a selling point for you guys when you come in here and, and, and you, know, you, you join up with UTEP? I think it is. I feel like it's a good point to, you know, just get your competition level even higher. You know, play the teams that um, you've always watched on TV 
And I feel like it's a great, it's going to be a great moment for her to go out there and play in, in a big stadium and all the fans and just show who we are. And games like that really um, per, um, set the foundation of how your season's going to go. And I feel like a lot of us have no fear. You know, um, they put on their cleats the same way we do, and it'll just be fun, great experience. I'll tell you guys a story. Before you came to UTEP, um, I was in Austin one year watching the Miners play uh, Texas, the mm-hmm. Longhorns. Yes, when and It was a night game, and it was when Aaron was still playing at UTEP. It might have been his final year here. Mm-hmm. And he broke off and came and he ran for about see their fifty or sixty yard touchdown run. I forget what it wow. was, but he outran the entire Texas defense and he shut up a hundred thousand Longhorn <laughs> fans with a split second. And all of a sudden, Longhorn fans were getting nervous. Now mm-hmm. Texas went on to win that game, but Aaron's run was one of the highlights for UTEP. And obviously, that game was on you know making national television. People are seeing that going, wow, who is this guy? Exactly. And that's what really what you know. What what it did for Aaron? So I can imagine for you, Dion, what a big performance uh, against Oklahoma. Same with you, Justin. What it could do for you guys? I feel like that it, it's exactly what you said. You know, it's just nowadays it takes one play, one hit, and it's kind of ironic how this year, um, me and Dion will both be as leaders, like you said, as veterans now on the team. And I was watching when last time Utah played Oklahoma when Will Hernandez was in on the offensive line. Yeah. And one play he had the defensive lineman and the defensive line started hitting him and that blew up Will Hernandez. So stuff like that is what I'm fired up for. You know, have no fear and because we already know who who we are. You know, nothing changes. All it takes is that that moment to show who we are. Mm-hmm. You know. I like exactly. it. Um, we found out yesterday that uh, this next season, uh, Gavin is going to be wearing the number two Laufenberg jersey Laufenberg. in honor of Luke. Uh, I thought that was very cool because we know what uh, Justin's done with that jersey the last couple of years, and it's always been a receiver since Justin started the tradition. Love the fact that uh, Gavin's going to take that over next year. No, yes, sir, for sure. Um, we're very thankful to have the Laufenberg family mm-hmm. as big supporters for UTEP. And it's crazy because I had – a good relationship with Luke when he was here. You know, on my visit, he was visiting, so I'd always hit him up, hey, how's the workouts going and stuff? And he was always such a positive light. And it kind of as much you, you know, do it for Luke. You know, be like Luke. He had no selfishness in his heart and kind of puts life into perspective that it's bigger than you. You know, and if you just know that it's bigger than you and who you're doing it for, it just takes care of itself. I love that. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, because I, I didn't really know Luke personally, but by the things I've heard, I've heard he was a a really hardworking uh, man, you know, he was a great friend, and he was just a good all-around um, person. And we have the fight station with um, in the, in the work in the workout room. That's really nice. Yeah, we had got that dedicated to him. You could see his pictures and stuff, and so that everyone could just look and see, you know, how you know dedicated he was and how how tough he was. For sure. You're right. And it's funny, too, guys, because, you know, we talk about Luke and, and the fight station and how that's been built. Uh, and there's been a lot of people in Dallas, uh, as Luke's dad, Babe, has been raising money for this. Yes. Troy Aikman uh, gave a ton Which for is this. Great. It great. is. And it just goes to show you some of the people that have really responded to uh, Babe and Luke and, and UTEP and, and really been big, big supporters of this, which I absolutely love. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I feel like it just makes you proud to be here. You know, um, you know UTEP has been through a lot. Mm-hmm. And. Prime examples of like our season and prime examples of people like Luke and his wonderful family, you know, and every day when we're working out after all those quads and just seeing Luke kind of keeps you going because it's like even though I'm tired and I might not feel it that day, just he always wanted it. He always wanted to do everything more. So it kind of keeps you going. So it's, exactly. it's good. I think it's good. For awesome. Sure.
Justin, Dion, thank you both for being thank here. Thank you very thank much. Uh, thank spring you. ball's right around the corner, guys. Spring ball's in a month. Yes, so, sir. Dion, you get healthy fast because I can't yes, wait sir. to see you back on the field. Yeah. Justin, I'm excited to see you on the O-line, what you can do this year. So I think big things are going to be happening with you. Yes, UTEP. sir, for sure. This is the year. You know, We need our fans. We need everyone to continue to support UTEP. Yep. Uh, it'll make a lot of people happy, and we're really excited to take the season coming up. Exactly. Justin Mayers, uh, Dion Hankins. Thank you guys both. Good to see Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great weekend. We'll come back, wrap things up next. Sports Talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso.